Welcome to the Couple Success Podcast with Dr. Robert Wilford and Sarah Furman, licensed marriage and family therapist. There is hope for your relationship, and we're so glad you're listening. And today we're talking about something that accounts for more divorces in our country than infidelity. Believe it or not. In negative communication patterns, things like constant nagging, guess what? That's a chief predictor of divorce in the United States. So we want to ask you a question really quick, and that is, can you imagine what would happen if you walked into Starbucks or your favorite coffee shop, and you walked up to the counter, and you looked at the barista, and you shouted out, is my coffee going to be late again? And are you going to forget to put whipped cream on it again? And then coming up to the counter every couple of minutes right. saying, uh, is my order done already? Right. Why can't you do what I asked for? Not in a million years would most of us ever think to be that demanding. Or that, brazen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, to a barista. But guess what? We do it to our spouses all the time. All the time. So let's take a look at what we're talking about. Because what we just showed you at the barista example was nagging. nagging. So maybe you might be wondering, what is nagging? Well, here's some terms that do a pretty good job at describing it. Things like fault-finding, constant complaining or criticism, being catty, cynical, demanding, demeaning, hair-splitting, um, hand-pecked. Yes. That's my favorite one. Overcritical, pestering, poking, pushy, and or relentless. Um, in fact, the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary says that nagging is persistently and annoyingly finding fault with someone, causing continual worry or anxiety, and causing continual or recurring pain or discomfort. Doesn't that sound awful? Causing continual worry and anxiety, leaving the, the partner always feeling that good. Now, sometimes both partners do it to each other. Um, and so, because we'll get them in our, in our session in our all office, the time. And, and they'll be like, well, I, I just never feel good. You know what I'm saying? But that's how you make me feel. And like, yeah. And so, just, just because it occurs from both partners doesn't, doesn't mean make it's, it's okay. It doesn't mean to make it any less painful. Right. And the fact is that nagging occurs in nearly every marriage. And regretfully, it often happens on a daily basis. Right. So we're, we're not talking about the occasional kind of stuff. It's it's this constant about something all the time. Right. And so you kind of wonder, how does it start? Well, when you're first dating, think about it. If, you're, if your girlfriend or your boyfriend said to you, jump, usually when you're first dating, your response is, how high? Or what do I need or to where, do? where, how, or Absolutely. how can you accommodate? And then over time, what we find is that couples get lazy. Oh, Jenny Spring just joined us. Ah. Um, couples get lazy and they get um, not great at fulfilling partner's requests. And then the the sometimes asking it, partner. Sometimes it's not even about being lazy. It's like we get busy and distracted and we okay. just don't give the same attention. Okay. But That's, that's true. not everybody's lazy. That's true. And, and what happens is the asking partner starts to feel like their requests are getting ignored. And the partner being asked starts to feel like they're being controlled. Right. And what happens in that situation is you're going to rebel no matter what. Yeah, both both of you are going to start rebelling because one feels they're doing too much. One feels like, can't I ever have any time? Right. So, And, and it creates this horrible parent-child dynamic. Yeah. So as the person who's doing the nagging, you become like a parent. And then the person being you nagged. I just want to say, you're not my mother. Right. Like, you're not my mother. Like, like, just, right. Yeah. Be and, and the one being nagged becomes like a kid. And then guess what? You're no longer partners. You are opponents. Yeah. And it leaves both spouses feeling resentful, angry. And it naturally causes people to become defensive and angry. Yeah. And when you're like that, trust me, it, 
it, it, it's not high on the list to be closer. Yeah, what Sarah's trying to say is you're not going to be intimate or have any sex when nagging is the that code is, of the day. That is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the problem, though. You know, people ask us all the time, does nagging work? Well, unfortunately, it does. The answer is simply yes. Nagging does get results. The problem is results are not the only thing you get when you use nagging as your primary communication. Yeah, so you, you might eventually get what you're asking for, but the consequences of that are horrendous over time. I mean, it just builds up and it gets worse and worse and worse. Oh, yeah, because what we've seen time and time again is that the parties get into an opponent relationship, and guess what? You start avoiding each other. Even the sound of the nagging partner's voice makes you want to cut off if hearing them at all, and you end up avoiding each other and just drifting apart from each other. Because you just begin to like, so what's the next thing? What, right. what is the next thing that I haven't done good enough or that mm -hmm. I, I haven't met? Or, and you just don't want, you don't want to like... Right, and you end up drifting farther and farther apart. So it's true that you do get temporary results, but what you end up paying the price for is you tune each other out and the poor... You were really, your relationship pays for it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. That's and a good way to say it. And, and also, you're going to get the person who's being nagged, they're going to start to rebel. And that means when you ask, they're not even going to want to do whatever because they feel so henpecked. Yeah. And and what do, you may wonder, what does nagging sound like? Nagging sounds like things like, pick up your socks, start, stop driving so fast. You're so messy. Right. Why are you, why are you always I'm so... I'm sorry they were, they were chuckling. But it's these are, true. These are serious. And when people say this, I mean, they are like all in. Right. And once, once a partner starts making those kind of demands, the only option that the nagged partner has is to... How many to, times I have to tell you to take out the garbage? Oh, yeah. So, and You know, it, the, it's the, Tuesday, and I already heard the garbage people on the street. They're not still out there. And, and there's no good response to that. You become completely cut off at the knees, and you can't do anything to help the other partner. And we're here to tell you that nagging, unfortunately, is like an addictive drug. Yes, it's, it's a habit that you become so comfortable with as a form of communicating that you're not conscious of how you're doing it and how often you're doing it and how the tone of your voice mm -hmm. changes. You, you, it's just... And, and I like how... You, it's, it's like a drug. You, right. you, don't real, you don't realize the consequences of what's right. happening. Or how deep you're into this nagging habit until all your other effective forms of communication are and, gone and nagging is the only thing you're using. And then what happens is you'll find, just like drugs, the need to use more and more and it to get more and more intense is absolutely true. Nagging just gets, you have to nag more to get less. Yeah, with more intensity. Right. And you just become more and more frustrated. And the other partner feels like they're being pecked to death by a chicken. It's a terrible feeling. That's where henpeck comes from. Oh, see, I learn new things every day. <laughs> So, like we said, nagging has serious consequences. Like Sarah alluded to earlier, it completely destroys closeness and intimacy in a relationship. Right. People start coming home later from work. They become more absorbed with household tasks. Maybe they pay more attention to the kids. And you stop paying attention to each other. Right. That's a huge you, price to pay. You figure out all these types of ways not to be connected. So then when... When stuff is bad in your relationship, and now you're trying to make it work better, or go to counseling, or do anything, you know, whatever book, anything that you're trying to do positively, right? It it feels more than awkward because you don't believe that your 
that your partner is sincere or really making the efforts. Right. And so it takes even, and they don't, and you don't even realize that that you're you're negating your partner from even making the change. You're not right. giving them the space to make the change. Right, because you become more and more distant, and then it's harder and harder to participate as partners. Right. The good news is. This is really good news. You can learn to stop the destructive cycle of nag, destructive cycle of nagging, because it's a habit. We learn habits mm -hmm. in order to protect ourselves or get our needs met, de deal with our stress, deal with our anxiety. We use it to help us feel better mm -hmm. initially. The problem is it doesn't continue to work, right. and um, that's why we're talking about it. And so you might be wondering, what is the first step you need to take? Well, remember, the goal here is to stop nagging. So we tell couples the first thing you want to do is have a sit-down conversation with your partner and acknowledge that you've been addicted to using nagging and that it's had a destructive effect on your relationship and on your partner. And the sooner you have this discussion, we're telling you, the quicker the two of you can recognize nagging for what it's become, which is usually like a cheap, toxic substitute for communicating well like you probably once did when you were first together. Right. So I, I, some of you are, are, are not going to sit down and say, oh, I'm addicted to nagging because you don't even realize it. So you might simply ask the question, do you think the way I communicate is kind of nagging and how does that affect yes. you and what's going on? And, uh, and just be braced in case they say, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are a super nagger. It, it does happen. That is exactly, exactly it, correct. It is personal, but don't. Take it so personally. Think of it as okay. Th this is a habit. I, I so it's how I learned how to do it. it Maybe from your parents, from life, whatever. And the only way you change, or even can think about how to make things better and mm -hmm. learn new skills, is by acknowledging that it exists. So you're actually just figuring out at what level this is. Right. And remember, the goal isn't to demonize your partner because you don't need to change your partner. Right. You just need to change the way the two of you communicate with each other. And you can absolutely learn that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The first step that you want to do if you want to get nagging to be less and less in your relationship is you need to shift the entire focus of your communication. Yes. So nagging assumes the worst. It assumes that your partner is going to fail to perform when asked. And frankly, our partners live up to the expectations that we set for them. Repeat that again. This is, this is really important. Partners really... Um, really move towards what you expect. And as you reinforce what you expect, partners will... Give you exactly that. Yes. So uh, just like like kids. Right. <laughs> you know, if you're expecting better, they slowly, step-by-step, step do better. Mm -hmm. uh, or you figure out how and what and how to make that happen. Partners are the same way. Yes. They're not looking to make you miserable. Um that's not their goal. They want you to feel good so that they can feel good, that they make right. you feel good. But if you're reinforcing negative behavior all the time and what your partner is doing wrong, then you're just going to get more and more failure and feel more and more let down. And whether you believe in the law of attraction and that kind of stuff really doesn't matter. It's true. <laughs> what you reinforce is what you're going to get more of. Yes. And unfortunately, from a scientific perspective, when you focus on the negative, you absolutely activate the part of your partner's brain that becomes defensive, dismissive. Resistant. Oh, yeah. And, and retaliatory, vindictive even. 
Because that's what your brain is trained to do. Not immediately, but over time, they become Mm -hmm. recalibrated. In the face of a threat. Because it is threatening. I I don't think it does. Nagging feels threatening. And And it sets off the part of the brain that gets really alarmed. It sets off the alarms that we're being attacked. And so the only choice is to fight back. And so completely shifting the focus of your behavior on your partner's behavior is really this first step. And what you want to do is instead of focusing on what they are not doing right, even if it's something so small you can't believe it, they put their pants on the right way. I mean, whatever it is, um, you want to try to find something that your partner's doing right, no matter how small, and shift the focus toward that. Right. When you can't, you can say, I really appreciate it when you, when you help take the garbage out and I'm able to do those other things. So I'd love it if you could do that again for me today. So mm-hmm. you're re-emphasizing what you liked, what made you feel good about what they did. Right. So this can create an amazing shift in relationships because you're showing your partner that you see the good things that they do. And, and the, acknowledge them. Yes, absolutely acknowledge them. Yeah. And When you don't acknowledge so much, you don't get so much. <laughs> Which kind of brings us to the second point which is that we suggest you try letting gratitude change your attitude. Now, this sounds kind of corny, like we have this patent phrase that will fix everything. And we know nagging is a very painful problem. Yet what we also know is nagging flourishes when partners forget to appreciate what happens good between them. Right, because the partner just feels, what's the difference? And it's not worth it. And... They don't care anyway, Mm-mm. and that happens when you don't don't appreciate. There was mm-hmm. um, oh, what was that film? Um, which which Asians? Oh, Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Okay. So in there, there's there's one part where the um, Chinese grandma is is saying, um, "Oh, you don't have to say thank you. We're family." Not so. This is America, and in America, <laughs> say thank you and thank you, and I appreciate, and another appreciate. Mm-hmm. The more the more your partner knows you appreciate what they're doing uh, when they help you, the more they're going to be willing to help you. Right, and you're probably familiar with the age-old adage of what you focus on, you get more of. You just said that. So if you focus on what people true, are doing I, right, yes. the, the repetition is really good. For <laughs> so is my ADHD. Um, <laughs> What you focus on, you're going to get more of, and you attract more things with sweetness than you do with sour. Yes. So our advice to you is to take Actually, some... Actually, nagging is like bitter. Yeah, bitter. It is very yeah, bitter. Yeah, it's, it's not like sweet and sour. It's like just bitter. <laughs> Love that. Our advice for you is that maybe instead of taking all the time you do during the day to nag, maybe take just a few minutes a day to point out one or two or three things that you appreciate about your partner. They can be small things. They you can, can say lots of stuff if you can, but if you were actually saying lots of stuff, you wouldn't have this situation. Right. So uh, to start, that's where we get one, two, three. Absolutely. And before you know it, you will find the entire tone of your relationship will be shifting away from negativity and less stress and less nagging. Yes. And you can, and like you said, Sarah said, you can absolutely practice this. Right. These are just habits. Because Nagging is a habit, and when you learn new skills and you practice the new skills, and yes, they will be awkward in the beginning, and yes, your partner's going to know what's the matter with you, <laughs> but because they they don't quite trust it, just like when we don't trust something that's kind of mm. different, like, what do they want? I mean, they'll probably say, like, what do you want? You're being nice. What do you want? Right. Um, but that's okay. Don't, you know, get all up into their face about it. Just 
the more you maintain a positive communication yeah. style and appreciative with gratitude yes the more you're going to get exactly what it is you're hoping for from your partner right and now some of you might be saying to us or saying to yourself right now oh, i tried that once it didn't work right because it's not about once right and you might even be saying <laughs> that's all well and good but how do i get my partner to do what i need them to do so i can get through the day well we've got six more practical powerful strategies we're going to show you right now that'll help guide you through that. The first one of our strategies is learning to make specific requests in the moment instead of expressing nagging comments. Right, because for some reason you think that the comment about what they're not doing, whatever is, is gonna make them do something. Right. We, we don't really operate well based on, on negative statements. Mm -hmm. We operate much better on fulfilling positive ones. Right, so instead of saying something like, have you wiped the counters down yet? I'm still waiting for you to wipe the counters down. And you that's, keep that's what people will normally say. Yeah. Well, I'm still waiting. And you repeat this and you repeat this and you repeat this thinking it's going to do something. Instead, why don't you look at your partner right in the eye and say, Hey, honey, would you do me a favor, please? Could you give these counters a quick wipe down? So that I can go do something else. Right. That's what a request sounds like. Right. And it's it's surprising to people time and time again that if you look someone in the eye and ask them for a simple that's favor, right. they actually comply. So, again, remember that... And don't get all up in, you know, like, oh, why should they do favors for me? We're, we're a couple or we're a family. Like, mm -hmm. they, have, they have things to do. I, what does this have to be a favor? So, it, it's, the word, it's the word that we're using, but you're both doing for each other. Right. Okay. And it, it, <clears throat> task is kind of just kind of... Impersonal, blah, so... Impersonal and blah. And we want them to do their piece and it's whether it's a little reminder and mm -hmm. it's positive and it is like here just do me a favor put it in your language right. it's nice and it doesn't hurt anything it doesn't cost anything and remember yelling across the room to make a oh, request so or, does not work yeah or or worse making those requests when you're passing by your partner like oh did you clean the counters yet and you walk right by not gonna work at all good rule of thumb learn to make requests in the moment look your partner right in the eye when you do so and ask for exactly what you'd wish for. Now, if they're in the middle of doing something, um, they're not going to hear you. And you actually need to kind of come in and like... like Touch them, of, grab their shoulder, break up their concentration a little right, bit. Right, so that they... You get their they attention. talking. Right, right. Especially if they're men. Especially if they're men. Just saying. Um, strategy number two is that you want to separate your feelings of anger and hopelessness from endless nagging. Yes, because those are two separate things. Right, because we tend to keep engaging. So let's just say it like this. There are partners who smoke cigarettes, partners that eat too much, partners that have too much sugar in their diet, things they know aren't good for them. Drink alcohol. Right. Other stuff. And then we start to nag them, hoping that our nagging will actually get them to be discouraged about too much smoking, too much drinking, or... And, and doing, some, doing something positive and better. Yeah. Right. Well, the truth is, we know that research tells us time and time again, you're not going to motivate anyone by pouring on nagging negativity. It's never going to happen. Right, because partners just feel like they can't do it right anyway, so why try? Right. So instead, what we suggest is during a calmer time, consider just having a dialogue with your partner about maybe some ways or some things you could do together that could help them not engage in these negative behaviors. Right. Because it's so easy to flip into nagging when you're anxious or worried about your partner's well-being. And what we find is, 
generally people just assume they know their partner or that they know what they're thinking or what's going on and the truth is you probably don't know anymore you know what it was maybe or where it was mm-hmm. going you don't know now and therefore your nagging isn't working and they're not tied into they're not connecting to it at all thank you they're not connecting to it and that's why you want to have that dialogue when you're not in a heated place to what can I do to help you? What or what can, can we do, do together? What can we do together? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help you help me? Right. Right. I love that one. That's a Sarahism if there ever was yes. one. <laughs> um, strategy number three is interesting because it's about recognizing that sometimes your need to nag is actually due to your feelings of anxiety and stress about something. Yeah. Sometimes we get upset about something or worried about something. So we think that nagging the other person to death about it will somehow give us control of the situation. Because just need to have it done because there's so many things right. that are going on. And like, you know, if they could just do that, then I don't have to think about it anymore. Right. And but you, that's about your stuff. And you need, you need to work on Right. Child. Right. Because when your anxiety goes up and your stress goes up, we get this magical belief that if I just keep nagging, somehow I'll have control of it and it will fix itself and it will turn out right. Here's what we can tell you. Our ones don't work so well. There. Yeah, the ones don't work so well. And instead of using nagging, Try using your words to describe to your partner that maybe you're a little anxious here, maybe you're a little stressed out, and maybe we could have a game plan together of some ways that we could make it less anxiety-provoking. Right. Because planning helps, nagging does not. Not at all. And I know that you're going to feel like you don't have the right words or it's not kind of coming out right. Uh, We want to remind you, because we say this a lot, benefit of the doubt for your partner and partial credit counts. partial credit for trying always make, making the attempt is a lot now i love number four Ooh, um my partner is famous for this actually and that is focus on the benefits when you make a request yeah. so when you make a request make sure that it's time sensitive and focus on the benefits of what you're going to get out of it so instead of saying like um we take the trash out or take the trash out now those kind of crazy things. My partner will say things like, hey, how about you take out the trash, Rob? I'll finish tidying up the kitchen, and we can watch the next three episodes of Game of Thrones on HBO or something. And I tell you what, all I remember is Game of Thrones is coming on. I didn't even think about how much I hate to take the trash out. I'll just do it so that I can go back. Absolutely. This is a great trick. This part trip. is even better. He'll say something like, oh, I'll make us some popcorn. If you'll go do this, and I'll make, I'll make a snack. Yeah. And when we're watching, and so you feel like, oh, I'll just do it. I'll get right. a little treat. You feel like you, if you focus on the benefits, it's like the request is little compared to what the other person's going to get out of it. And I tell you, this has worked marvels in my own relationship because heaven knows I'm not good at taking out the trash. Um, <laughs> number five, um, Strategy number five is be careful not to make mountains out of molehills. Right, because when you're in, a, in the, that mode of nagging, then everything becomes, it, you're, like, you're not doing this, and you're not doing this, and you're not doing this, and like, you're not helping here, and you're not helping there. And, like, it's... and you can whip yourself up into a frenzy and start saying things like, you know, you don't care for me, you don't care for the kids, you don't care for the house, our relationship yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. And you make these giant assumptions and, and your partner's going but i work all day and it's hard and it's right or this is just the trash what are we talking about yeah and what we're going to remind you is this is fuzzy logic it is destructive and toxic so instead really try making requests in the moment in a neutral positive tone just like we're talking about and try to avoid attaching gobs of meaning 
to a teeny little thing like taking out the trash. Right. Now, we know that this can be for bigger things like get the insurance for the car or doing other stuff. And the benefit, of course, is, mm -hmm. you know, God forbid there was an accident, we'd be taken care of. But we're presenting this to you in a way so that you can really grasp it, understand it, because what works in the small is easy to... Um, to generalize and make in the big. Thank you. <laughs> now, number six, I can remember, remember being at a conference and the speaker said, men, if you absolutely positively never want to have another argument with your wife, I'm going to tell you the secret. So I, I get all my stuff. I run in there. I'm thinking, I'm going to learn the greatest thing ever. And you know what the speaker said? It was Terry Real, in fact. Um, he said, men, try giving your wife what she asks for. And try giving your wife what she asks for. And I thought, wife, husband, partner, it doesn't matter. If I give the other person what they ask for, everything's fine. There's no pain. There's no nagging. There's no feeling lazy. There's no feeling less than. Not that you can do this all the time. Uh, and so when you can't, you, you certainly have your, your adults, you can negotiate when you can do it, how it, you can do it, or uh, some other version of, of what that is. Mm -hmm. But again, you're being adults. You're using your word. You're talking it through. You're having right. a conversation. You're saying what's possible, what's not possible, mm -hmm. so that the other person isn't like, uh, somebody said, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sometime I'll be doing it. And then, and they're going like, but it's not done. It's not done. It's not right. done. So instead, think about this. Get up and do what your partner's asking. It's that simple. Right. There's another corollary to this, which I guess would be like 6.5 strategy. Remember 6.5? And that is sometimes for the person who's doing the nagging, it's just easier to do the little task for your partner sometimes. Like, if it's an occasional thing, right. don't turn it into a, a nagging because normally they do take care of it. So this time you can just right. handle it for it. Like, them. my bathroom is renowned for falling off the hook in the bathroom because I close the door because the dog likes to go to the bathroom in the bathroom. It's a whole story for another day, okay. but the rope falls off. And so when my partner tries to open the door, he can't open the door because the robe is there. And he's very frustrated. Right. But rather than scream and holler and make me come do it, he lovingly picks the robe up, sticks it back on the handle, and goes away. We don't have to turn that little molehill into a mountain. Right. Because it's not intentional. Right. It's something that happens. And let me tell you, you every, every time... I could get a bigger but then it wouldn't match. Um, I'll tell you, every time that happens, it makes me want to commit more and more to giving my partner everything that they ask for when they ask for it. So, or at least a lot of what they ask. Yeah. So like we said, those are our 6.5 strategies to help you scoot nagging out of your life. And just remember that if you have nagging in your relationship, you could be ruining things right before your eyes and not even not, know it. It's not you could be. You are. Yeah. You are. And we really want you to think about focusing more on a on your attitude and right. learning some better habits and skills because in the end when you're doing a lot of nagging like your stomach turns sick over yeah. time and your partner's feeling the same way and when you have those that, that that internal like yuck from all that stuff it does not benefit either you no. or your relationship so slowly it's like whittling away yeah and so remember the great news is that fixing nagging is as simple as shifting your focus and attitude learning a few new habits and skills, and then, like Sarah says, practice, practice, practice. practice, practice. And You're we, not going to get it right, and it's going to feel awkward, and that's okay. 
uh, do it had, anyway. If you had the talk with your partner, you just want to give partial credit for. I can see you're you're like blowing it, babe, but I can see you're trying, and I so appreciate Absolutely. you attempting to. Because over time, what you'll see is that your partner will get better, better and better and, and easier and feel more comfortable about taking these risks to try new things. Right. Remember, a little effort in a relationship goes a long, long way. Well, that's our presentation for today. We hope you got some good insights and some useful strategies. And if you know any friends or family that might benefit from what we talked about, you know, you can tag them in the comment section and then they'll have access to this. Right. And, and share. And, and you can also share. Absolutely. Oh, that's right. You're the Facebook queen. Not, not, not. And for more information, you can always find us at couplesuccess.com. And we'd like to remind you that life is better when done together. You have been listening to the Couple Success Broadcast with Dr. Robert Wilford and Sarah Furman, licensed marriage and family therapist. There is hope for your relationship. Please check out our website at couplesuccess.com to find out more.